What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV. You can subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, and of course, you can download the latest episodes at WMR.FM. In this episode, we should probably done this one at like Halloween time, because what we're going to talk about is the rise of headless WordPress with Jason Ball, the creator of WP GraphQL. Jason, welcome to Press This. Yeah, thanks for having me. So glad to have you here. And of course, we don't mean like the horror show version of headless WordPress, but decoupled JavaScript and WordPress and all those other kind of things. Um, so for those listening today, uh, Jason comes to us. He's from WP Engine, the place I work at as well. But he's also immensely popular in the headless WordPress space, uh, creator of WP GraphQL, um, but he's going to be sharing his thoughts today about why WordPress is playing such a big role in headless, um, what it takes to start using headless for your site, WordPress site, and some of his favorite tools and approaches for building with headless. Really grateful to have him on today to talk about this coming from a very informed point of view. Uh, Jason, I asked this question of all my guests. I'm very curious about your answer. Uh, briefly, tell me your WordPress origin story. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think it was 2008, I believe. I was uh, doing a lot of Flash uh, website building, and uh, my cousin wanted a website where he could manage the content. I was like, oh, man, that's not that easy to do with a Flash site. So I was looking into uh, various ways of hooking up some sort of CMS to a Flash site, and that's when I discovered WordPress, had an XML RPC, I used WordPress at the time, 
uh, found out about this API that could work with a flash site. Ended up not building anything to connect the two, but found WordPress, started playing with it, and have been working full-time in WordPress pretty much ever since. I feel like that's a very apropos origin story for you, <laughs> Brian, uh, Jason. You've yeah. got, like You're basically trying to set up WordPress to leverage Flash as the front end back in 2008. And yeah. this was pre-custom post types and custom meta fields, which would have been released in 2010. So you were trying to do this before uh, WordPress even had that kind of data organization layer as part of core. Yeah, back then, uh, I, I think the common approach was to like set up different categories to to act as a custom post type, essentially. It's like if if this post is categorized a certain way, treat it differently was was kind of the approach back then. Um, but yeah, I, I hadn't even heard of WordPress back then. I set it up, it took me longer than the five minutes that was advertised, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I fell in love with it right away. I was like, I've never never experienced something um, that felt so powerful to like give users the ability to create for the web. Well, very apropos, you're definitely the first guest to have a headless WordPress-esque origin story. Um, you recently, join WP Engine. Tell me what you do uh, there. Yeah, so I started WP GraphQL as an open source project uh, back in, let's see, 2016, and been working on that largely as a side project. I worked the last year and a half at Gatsby uh, working on it, um, and then came over to WP Engine. My role at Gatsby was going to transition to work on not WordPress as much, and so WP Engine saw that it was a, an important project to to keep pushing forward uh, WordPress into the modern era. And so I'm I'm here at WP Engine, still working primarily on uh, WP GraphQL and its immediate ecosystem. Um, like currently today, I'm working on uh, WP GraphQL for advanced custom fields, which is an extension I maintain to bridge those two worlds together. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm mostly working on pushing forward WP GraphQL, its immediate ecosystem. And then working with other teams here at WP Engine that are, are focusing on headless WordPress um, and helping them, uh, you know, just navigate the waters and uh, make work, headless WordPress a good experience for everybody. Well, that's great. You get to continue your work there for WP GraphQL. I know so many people who rely on it. Um, and I'm glad to hear about you kind of uh, working on those extensions, uh, particularly there with ACF. Uh, for those that are listening, though, that may be unfamiliar, uh, what is headless WordPress? Yeah, so headless WordPress would be where you use WordPress as the content management system. So users would log in and manage data there, uh, but you would use the data. You would render the data in something other than the built-in WordPress theme layer. So very common or a pretty easy to understand example, I guess, would be like a native iOS application that needed to get data out of WordPress, since there's no PHP theme layer in an iPhone or an Android uh, phone, you need to serve that data some other way. And so uh, usually that's done through an API like WordPress REST API, or in my case back in the day with Flash it was the XML RPC API or WP GraphQL today. So it treats your content separate than your presentation and allows uh, different presentation layers to, to do something with the data. Could be an iOS app or the, the Biggest trend is JavaScript applications like React or Vue are JavaScript frameworks that can take data out of WordPress and render them. Um, 
but yeah, native apps, uh, you can even do like voice apps like Alexa skills to, to get data out of WordPress and read you the news, for example, or whatever. I've done many interviews on Headless over the years, and I feel like every single person I've talked to about it, including off-air and everything else, when they hear Headless WordPress, they think decoupled JavaScript. But you talk about it in the lens of like just a different rendering front end, um, you know, you noted the iOS app and, and maybe perhaps if you could wind the clock back, the uh, Flash app. But um, do, do you find it's common that people like make that assumption that it's the de decoupled JavaScript approach? Uh, yeah, I, I think. I think in a lot of people's minds, they are synonymous. I think there's a, obviously JavaScript is wildly popular right now. I mean, it has been growing for a long time. Uh, so yeah, a lot of people in their mind, they think they're, they think they're synonymous and to a large degree, they kind of are, but uh, yeah, it's, it's wider than that. Um, like when WP, when I started WP GraphQL, our first use case for it was syndicating content from one WordPress install to many other WordPress installs. So it was actually PHP to PHP communication, uh, but we just needed the data. We didn't, we just needed the data accessible from something other than the WordPress install it was managed on. And so I think that's the, yeah, that's the broader term, but I do see a lot of people that just assume it means, oh, using it with React or using it with Gat, uh, Gatsby or Next or something like that. Yeah, I find that path is pretty familiar to a lot of folks in terms of like these needs to make WordPress extensible and, you know, not realizing that if you just lopped off the rendering part, you'd essentially have a headless WordPress instance. Um, yeah. I, I think it's interesting, like how, more, how, how perhaps that notion or that realization uh, might make the decoupled JavaScript uh, Part, approach more approachable for folks because it's it's really just an extension using new technology of something that WordPress developers have probably been doing their whole WordPress career. Do you, do you yeah, yeah. And one 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 thing like to note too is it doesn't have to be like an all-in thing, right? Like you can still use parts of WordPress to render things and maybe something else to render other things, um, like the native iOS app. Like at the newspaper I worked at. Uh, where we used WordPress theming layer for the regular Word, WordPress sites, but we had our iOS apps also. So we had WordPress rendering for the web. We had iOS apps getting data from an API. And then we had like a separate data warehouse team that was also getting data from the API. So, and then we used the content for print as well. So we had all these different rendering engines and WordPress itself was one of them we need a word for this like the hydra or something with all these heads um, yeah it's such an interesting uh construct to think about because so many people have assumptions going into to it and what it means and some of it seems uh, foreign to folks and unfamiliar um, but then if you look at kind of the base components it's very similar to what folks have been doing for a really long time um thank you for that overview really really helpful now I want to kind of dive next into like, well, what are some of the benefits that, that uh, Headless WordPress provides? But we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, 
Then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY podcasting system. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. We're interviewing Jason Ball about headless WordPress. Jason, right before the break, you explained what headless WordPress was in a lot of different contexts. Love that, by the way. Um, So kind of want to now transition into like, well, why? And it it may be more in the decoupled JavaScript sense, but like what benefits does headless WordPress provide? Yeah. So yeah, when we're talking about benefits of headless WordPress, uh, just, I think, I think you benefit by separating concerns already. So if you separate your data from your presentation, I think that benefits multiple parties, uh, developers especially, but, uh, if, if you can focus on inputting content and not have to worry about how it's going to be rendered, I think that frees the creative process of creating content. Um, and then for the developers, it allows them to use data that's managed in WordPress in various ways without restriction, I guess, uh, to like the templating engine of WordPress itself. Um, and then there's some cases like I already talked about mobile, but some, some cases there's no way to natively do WordPress on as a native app. So you have to get the the data, um, from an API. So it benefits, it benefits developers and content publishers by being able to separate the content from presentation. Um, the way I look at it, it allows uh, content creators to use a CMS that they probably already familiar with. 40% of the web is publishing with WordPress today. It allows developers to pick and choose the tools they wanna use. So whether that's React or Vue or WordPress and PHP or something else, they can, they can pick the front end technology they want or are required to use or whatever. Um, and then a, one of the big driving forces behind, especially the JavaScript movement, is performance and security. Um, so by decoupling your WordPress, your CMS from your front end, um, like something like Gatsby or Next can take data from WordPress and statically build pages that are deployed to a CDN. And so when the end user visits your website, you get milliseconds response of the page because there's no live interaction back to the CMS. So the, the pages are built ahead of time. And so that's one of the big driving forces is the performance and security benefits of 
things like Gatsby or Next um, that take data out of the API, build the templates, deploy it to CDN around the world, um, and then users aren't interacting with a live CMS. So that's I think that's one of the big draws to especially the JavaScript movement. Yeah, it's funny you didn't mention those first. I think every time I've talked to someone about this in the past, you're like, performance and security, that was the first thing. The full page caching is possible outside of you know, a decoupled JavaScript uh, approach. Why is it unique or special for decoupled JavaScript headless WordPress builds? Yeah, so, okay, so yeah, this is an interesting thing too. So um, I think it's, it goes slightly beyond that even. You, yeah, of course you can do, you can make WordPress really fast, um, but uh, part of it's the developer experience around it too, right? Um, if you're traditionally in WordPress, you have your templates in PHP, you have your JavaScript in a JavaScript file, you have your CSS in a CSS file with SAS or less or something, right? And so we're separating, we're se we try and separate concerns by technology, not by actual concern. And this rise of like, uh, component-based architectures, especially in Vue and, and React, allows you to couple your concerns. So you can build components where all the concerns of an individual component, let's say we're building like an author bio box at the bottom of a, a blog post, that, that component requires certain styles, it requires certain data, and it requires certain markup. And in a traditional WordPress theme, you're going to have separate files uh where you have to manage different technologies and different files even though they all are related to this one thing with component-based architecture you can bundle all that into a single component and then down the road as your application changes all you have to do is modify that component the styles the data requirements and uh and the markup are all in one place if you go look at like a most wordpress sites that have been around for more than six months Go inspect the CSS, scroll to the bottom, and you're going to find a bunch of important tags uh, uh, in the CSS because over time, your markup changes, you know, your whatever else changes, and it's very difficult to clean up your tech debt over time because you're concerned. You've separated technology, not concerns. And so separating your data from your markup allows you to take advantage of component-based architecture. Sorry. Oh, I sorry. My watch thought uh, I was talking to it. Uh-oh. Uh, Maybe Siri's yes. got some advice here too. <laughs> yeah, so separating separating the data from the presentation layer allows you to use component-based architecture in a way that you can't efficiently do in WordPress with PHP templating. So that's a big thing. So the tech debt gets cleaned up as you build if you uh, adopt the component-based architecture. And then, yeah, the deploys to CDNs. Um, yeah, th this can be done in WordPress, right? I know there's like Stratic, I think, does this type of thing, and other hosts do it where they cache your whole page. Um, but there's no way, like, there's no good way to optimize like your assets for any given page. So you can deploy a WordPress page to CDN, but the JavaScript you're loading for it, the CSS you're loading for it, is probably not all necessary for any given page. Where the decoupled approach will We'll put your stuff through a build tool, only include the styles you need for any given page, only include the JavaScript you need for any given page. So when it is served from a CDN, it typically is much smaller files that the user has to wait to, to download. So. Oh, I remember that from my very first inter days, internet days back in 1996. Less data loads faster. I like it. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so this is like from the high level, the benefits. You got benefits around performance and security and certainly how your team works on your site and the capabilities they have around componentized building and modifications and tech debt. So there's all these benefits. Somebody's like interested though. They're like, okay, I'm gonna give it a shot. What skills or tools um, do teams need to have in order to build a headless WordPress site? And for, for the rest of the interview, Jason, when I say headless WordPress, let's just think decouple JavaScript. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, yeah, so I think there's two sides to it, right? Uh, there's, there's obviously the WordPress side, which is a PHP-based and MySQL-based CMS. So if you need to expose data from the CMS that is not already exposed by something like WP GraphQL, you would need PHP and probably MySQL skills at some level and some understanding of how WordPress works and, you know, capabilities and permissions and things like that. But like a normal WordPress developer, those kind of skills, you need, you yeah. need that because you're going to have to get the data out into the JavaScript yep. side. Got it. And then on the flip side, you would need some experience with JavaScript. Uh, React and Vue tend to be the leaders in this space. Um, so if you have familiarity with either of those frameworks, That'll go a long way. Um, and then there's obviously different APIs to, to work with WordPress. There's the REST API, like I did with XML RPC or WP GraphQL. So I'll, I'll push you toward WP GraphQL. Um, so having some familiarity with what GraphQL in general is, and then WP GraphQL specifically would, would go a long way. Um, yeah. So we've got like, First and foremost, obviously, it's an organization that has a WordPress developer familiar with PHP, MySQL, certainly HTML and CSS. But then you need to build the, the JavaScript rendering side. So that there you kind of talked about React and Vue. And you then need to connect the WordPress content side to the JavaScript side. And for that, you need an API. And you'd mentioned kind of the, the REST API within WordPress itself or a third-party solution like WP GraphQL. Yeah. Okay. And um, so as organizations look at potentially adopting this approach, um, I'm just curious real quick, uh, if they've learned React, if they've started building like Gutenberg blocks, does that help them in this journey to starting to build these React rendering apps? Or is it still just like so far apart? It's just this huge learn JavaScript deeply journey. And again, just real quick response on that one. Yeah, I think, yeah, Gutenberg experience would help quite a bit. It's not going to translate necessarily like perfectly, but the experience of using React and components and state management and things like that would translate pretty good. Okay. Do you remember Matt Mullenweg asking everyone to learn JavaScript deeply? Yeah, I was in I was in the room that day. Oh, in Philly, you were. So yeah. was I. That's funny. Um, do you remember how many people was it? Were you one of the people that that hooted when he said that? Possibly. I don't, yeah, I don't like remember. You and Zach Gordon, I think, were like the only people in that room. They were like, yeah, and everybody else yeah. was like, wait, what? Yeah, and, probably. Uh, it's really kind of interesting. All right, cool. I actually have a ton of more questions, but we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy to use site management tools and powerful do it your way development features, 
WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Or press this only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. We're interviewing Jason Ball about headless WordPress. Jason, right before the break, you gave us kind of a quick rundown of the tools and experience that people would need uh, in order to start building with headless. Thank you for that. You've also mentioned WP GraphQL a few times and maybe you haven't given us a ton of details. So what is uh, WP GraphQL and why did you recently double the price? <laughs> yeah, uh, so what is WP GraphQL? Uh, so it's a free open source WordPress plugin that uh, that turns any WordPress site into a GraphQL server. What that means is uh, your site will be given a GraphQL endpoint. So like your site.com slash GraphQL. And then uh, requests can be made to that endpoint specifying exactly what data you want out of the API. Um, so similar to REST in that you're, you make a request to the API and you get JSON responses. But the difference is you specify, in order to interact with the GraphQL API, you have to specify exactly what data you want out of it. Where REST, you say, I want to hit this endpoint and whatever the server gives me, I have to be okay with. Where with GraphQL, you specify ahead of time exactly what you want. So you can query you know, posts and just the title of the post and you'll get exactly that in response. Or you can even follow resources. So you can say, I want a list of posts with their title but I also want the author and the author's name. And maybe I even want the author's five most recent posts. So you can do all this in one request and you can specify down to the field exactly what you want. Where with REST doing the same thing, you'd have to hit the post endpoint, get a JSON payload back, which would include the author ID. Then you'd have to make requests back to get all the authors of all 10 posts that you just received. Then you have to wait for that. And then you have to make another request to get the recent posts from each author. Uh, so it puts a lot of burden on the application developer that's interacting with the API, where GraphQL uh, gives you a lot more freedom and control and allows a lot less data to be transferred from the server to the client. Um, was in, so that's kind of general overview. That was a really yeah elegant way to describe that. You know, I mean, just imagine someone's like listening to this podcast right now and like they're multitasking and they're writing a parsing script for some rest api response that's like scattered with random meta and they're like oh my gosh i gotta parse this all out and it's a like it, it, it's a real problem as developers work with it i imagine people use wp graphql for a lot more than decoupled uh, javascript is that i'm assuming yeah. that's true yeah the first use case i mentioned it earlier the, our first use case was syndicating content from php servers to other php servers um and 
part of it was the the amount of data we were sending over the wire was painful and the amount of round trips we had to make to get all the data like when you when you syndicate a blog post you're you're not just syndicating the post you're syndicating the author of the post and the terms the taxonomy terms that are associated with it and the media so there's all sorts of network round trips we were doing with rest where with graphql we could specify exactly what we needed and make one request for it and it it one it made the developer process much easier because it, hey we're making one request and it's very explicit so even six months down the road even if something wasn't working it was explicit what we needed and then we could pinpoint that with rest it's like something changed on any given endpoint it's hard to know what it was before because the, the code just says hey give me this resource and you don't as a developer trying to troubleshoot that, you don't know what it was yesterday versus today. With GraphQL, you know exactly what the consumer was asking for, so it's a lot easier to troubleshoot. Um, yeah, I got you. So, like, you're yeah. not like lost in the weeds with all this parsing, and you're not slamming your WordPress server with requests because you're making more efficient requests, which are easier for you as a developer to deal with. Um, I, I love that rundown. You mentioned earlier that you're working to make WP GraphQL and the extension for ACF better. That's cool. I'm also, I was joking earlier, of course, about doubling the price from zero dollars to zero dollars. Uh, but you obviously have a lot going on. Um, what are you working on at WP Engine that you're excited about? Uh, yeah, so I mean, my work in WP GraphQL and WP Engine are pretty much synonymous. I do collaborate with other teams um, that are working on the headless space. so. Uh, I would say WP GraphQL for advanced custom fields. We're doing uh, some big changes to that. I published like a preview video of a feature I'm working on just yesterday to YouTube. Uh, so that'll be probably published to the plugin this week. It's a big refactor of how location rules map to the schema. Um, so ACF is a big one. Um, I'm working like I collaborate with external teams, like the team that's working on WP GraphQL for gravity forms. Like I chat with them and help uh, help them lead the development on that plugin. Um, one thing that's that's happening is uh, plugins are taking ownership of their GraphQL uh, interactions themselves. So like custom post type UI, popular plugin for adding custom post types, just took ownership of the GraphQL integration. I used to have an extension that bridged WP GraphQL with that plugin. They merged that into their plugin and they're owning that interaction now. Um, the events calendar cool. had a GraphQL extension and in February, they took ownership of that uh, as well. It's not bundled into the events calendar core, but they took ownership of maintaining it. And yeah, Yoast- it's hard uh, for you as a container yeah. to keep up with all these different integrations and plugins. So it's good to see that. That's a really positive sign for momentum for WP GraphQL, I feel. Yeah, um, to, and, and people are going out of their way to spend their own time to maintain it. Or their integration yeah. with it. Yeah, exactly. And, the, and then Yoast is doing the same thing. They have a fork that they're working on right now, or a branch of the Yoast WordPress SEO by Yoast that they're working on to own the integration themselves as well. So I think that's one of the things that excites me the most is just how much the community is saying, hey, like this thing's important. Uh, let's kind of rally around it. I love it. And that's share ownership of it. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's awesome news, and that's great to hear that progress. Um, and uh, it sounds like uh, you know, with that with that kind of adoption, uh, the future is bright. And I'm glad you're able to spend time working on WP GraphQL again. Know a lot of folks rely on on that solution. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me.
Awesome. If you'd like to learn more about what Jason is up to, you can visit WPGraphQL.com or check out the headless team who sits on a WP engine at WPEngine.com forward slash Atlas. Thanks everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WP Engine, I'm sorry, the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.